uncertainty has been the consistent thing, and I think God's in it. I think he's in the uncertainty because he's using it to expose our false gods. And he's using it to get us to ground our lives back in him. Well, hello, friends. Welcome back to the podcast. Today is a great conversation. Uh, many of you listening know John Eldridge as the Wild at Heart guy. He has impacted so many. Uh, he and his wife and the team at Ransomed Heart Ministries talks about getting your heart back. And this book that he just wrote and this conversation that we just had is real and even raw. He wrote the book, Get Your Life Back, Everyday Practices for a World Gone Mad, and he explains his burnout process, and he explains some of the areas he found himself in that he didn't have language for, that he didn't have a process for, and even as somebody who's been helping and serving and leading so many people over time, we're not immune to it. And this conversation is not one to buzz through. It's not one to do while you're busy with something else and can barely take this in. I would encourage you to just sit with this one. There's so many good practical things in there. They've even launched an app out of what he has learned during this time. He talks about how a sane life is actually available and possible and how we have access to what God is doing in our lives. There are beautiful things that we're just moving way too fast to even see. This one will deeply touch on some of your heartstrings. We talk about friendship. We talk about why he didn't jump on the mountain bike for a few months. We talk about some of the complexities that we're taking on as leaders. We talk about how much compassion fatigue we have based on the things that are in the news. And we talk about how COVID is impacting the way that maybe our world has moved from already crazy to crazier and just turned the dial up. So I love this episode. This message is so close to our heart and our message that you don't have to burn out. You don't have to flame out. You don't have to lose your soul in the meantime if you are going to live and lead as God designed you. I normally say enjoy this episode, but I would say soak this episode in. Don't miss it. Grab something here. And also, I'd encourage you to spend some time right after this episode. Take some time just sitting in this, journaling about this, taking a question from this. So grab some thoughts and grab a cup of coffee and make sure to sit down and slow down for this episode with John Eldridge. Well, John, thanks for joining us today on the podcast. Oh, I'm honored to be here. Looking forward to the conversation. Well, your work has been formative for me and, and so many of our listeners. This one seemed really, really personal. So can you tell us your why behind writing this new book, Get Your Life Back? Well, um, short story is I actually didn't ever, I didn't plan on writing this. This wasn't from my publisher. This wasn't the next thing in the docket. But I, as a hard charger, as a guy who loves to get stuff done, I got caught up in the pace of the world and the crazy running, light speed. And uh, I, I really just got fried. Um, not like a total crash, not a meltdown, but just got to the point that most nights I got home so wrung out 
I just wouldn't even do anything I enjoyed. I stopped reading. I stopped riding my bike. I just wanted to veg. I wanted to eat, wanted to drink, wanted to just, you know, binge watch my shows. And, and I didn't like it. I didn't like what the world had done to me or, or maybe what my choice is my choice, what my choice to keep up with the pace of the world had done. So I began to look for some ways, and and to be honest, Jesus and his kindness began to take me into some ways that I could get my soul back. I could get out of the madness without quitting my job. I could, I could just begin to recover all kinds of things about my humanity, like my joy of things, my love of things, my attention. I'd gotten so distracted. Anyhow, more on that as we chat, but um, the bottom line is I got cooked and I found a way out. I found a way back to joy and life and soulful living. And it was only after that that I realized, oh man, this could help a lot of people. And the thing is, that was all before the pandemic. That was all before crazy, you know, went on steroids. Yeah. Yeah, that and that's a whole nother episode. What what's this doing to us? Um, what are the helpful effects for some, and what are the complete destructive effects for others? Uh, talk about the shallows. That really stuck out to me when you talked about that theme of living shallow and how that woke you up. Where did that start, and where did that lead you? Yeah, exactly. I, you know, the, there's so many rabbit trails that could run down here, but I picked up Nicholas Carr's book entitled The Shallows, subtitle, What the Internet is Doing to Our Brains. And the reason I grabbed it, partly because a friend recommended it, but also it was just the title. I'm like, that's it. That's it. I feel shallow. And I don't like that. Um, I'm not a shallow person. I don't think anybody is, actually. But we get pushed into the shallows by um, the busy the too much, the too fast, the get more done. And and then once you get more done, then the expectation is just get more on top of that more done. Um, <clears throat> but what Carr was showing really, really confirmed an experience for me. And in the basic uh, research that's coming out now is saying the way we consume information with the smartphone and the internet and all that, it's literally changing the structure of the brain. And we are losing our ability to give sustained attention to anything. Uh, now, you know, for anybody, that's a problem. But for, for people who love God and, you know, kind of look at the long tradition of Christian formation, you read the saints down through the ages and you go, holy cow, like giving God your attention is the epicenter uh, of everything we want. And and I realized that it what had happened to me <clears throat> was that the you know the I'd been pushed into the shallows even with God, and I really didn't like that. And John, what was your path back? What was it like? What did it feel like? How long did it take? Took a while, took a year, um, to be candid. <clears throat> but but the things that I'm about to describe 
actually start producing immediate relief, like immediate. So uh, just a couple things Jesus began to take me into initially was um, pausing. He said, John, you never stop in your day. You just go. And, you know, I go from meeting to phone call to phone call to, you know, texting to then look at the news, listen to a quick podcast and just never stop. And he said, I, I want to teach you to pause. I want to teach you a rhythm of, of living in your day. And, and honestly, just began in the evenings. I'd pull in the driveway at the end of the day, totally spun up from the day. And, and all this is good stuff, by the way. Like, I'm, you know, I'm not, I'm not selling drugs. I'm, I'm deep in kingdom work. But nonetheless, I was cooked. But you're in it. it. Your, brain's, your brain's there. Your, your heart's you in are. it. Spinning, <clears throat> racing. I know the feeling. Yep. Yep. Everybody listening is a high-capacity leader. We, we get it. We know that yep. feeling. Yeah, exactly. And and let's be honest, we're all addicted to it. it you know, it's, um, we love it. We, and it's very, it's very addictive, by the way. But I would pull in the driveway at the end of the day, turn my engine off in my car, and Jesus would say, just sit here. Just sit here. Don't jump out. Don't race into the next stage of your life, which is, quote, home life. Like, just sit here. And I could feel the stress leaving my body. As I just sat in my car, I'm not doing anything. I'm just sitting there. No podcast, mm. no music, just sit there. And, and then he began to lead me in some really beautiful prayer. And the, and the prayer goes like this. Jesus, I give everyone and everything to you. He, he began to teach me the practice of benevolent detachment. Uh, benevolent because I'm not angry. I'm not cynical. I'm not ticked. I'm not checking out. Benevolent, something done in kindness, but detachment, because this stuff is like Velcro. And, you know, something somebody said in that meeting, and I'm still thinking about it, or the person's trauma that I just heard about, I'm still thinking about it. And, and so I just sit there, Jesus, I give everyone, and I give everything to you. And that that practice that one thing the pause and and learning to turn it back over if only for a moment like not trying to do it for a lifetime i'm just trying to do it for a moment it was so phenomenally healing to me that you know i began to share with my friends and with our team and now uh monastery bells ring out in our in our offices twice every day 10 and 2 and the whole staff does it like you could be in a meeting, you could be in the hallway, everybody stops, 60 seconds, a little bit more than that, and we just release it and just reset. Like, Jesus, I give you my attention again, right here, right now. I let it go, and I give you my attention. It is so, it is so life-giving. That's beautiful. And this is so practical, like even just the subtitle, Everyday Practices for a World Gone Mad. And so I love how you're taking liturgy, and I know that really many of the saints of old energized you during this time, gave you language, and you certainly talk about that, but you've made it so practical. Talk about the app that's come out of this, and talk about how that's giving people life as well. Yeah. And, and what I want to talk about is the beauty of Jesus in this, because the timing of this prior to the pandemic. So I've been wanting to make a uh, 
an app for a while to kind of teach people how to just do this. The problem with most of the the mindfulness, you know, sort of app space out there is it's actually very crowded, you know, calm and stuff. That it's so funny. You're ironically. trying to get into ironically, you're trying to get into there's a good too place. much of it. It's, it's too, too crowded. Much. It's too crowded. And so we built a very simple app. It's called the one minute pause. Um, and, and within the app, you have four options. You, you actually kind of have to game up into it because we want people to practice. You got to do three of the one minute, but then you can unlock a three minute. And then there's a five minute and even a 10 minute pause. And, and there's beautiful music and nature photography and, and a very simple prayer. Um, very much like the one I just I just did, um, Jesus, I give everyone and everything to you. And the cool story of this is we built the app back in November of 2019, tested it, began to began to roll it out before the pandemic. But in the pandemic, we're getting a thousand downloads a day. Um, wow. It's free. It's free. It, we're giving it away because it is rescuing people from the speculation and the news and the spun up and the fear and the uncertainty and just the stress of it. I mean, this is the, this is a super stressful time. Uh, people weren't meant to be locked up and, and not receive human touch and all that. So here you have this little app, this simple little thing, the one minute pause, and it's a, oh man, it's a lifesaver. Thanks for that resource. Pass that along to your team as well. We are grateful. So many people that I'm coaching are using that and we're going to continue to share. I actually shared that resource yesterday um, with people. You say you prefer to use the word trauma instead of burnout. Tell me more about that. Okay. this is So I've been a therapist for 30 years and <clears throat> I've listened to a lot of people's stories and life has always been hard. Look, you know, the world is a brutal place on the human heart. There's incredible amounts of beauty and, and joy, but man, there's a ton of disappointment and loss. And and then you enter, in a, <clears throat> enter into a time like this, and we need to call it for what it is because, um, why do I choose trauma? Because human beings were made to flourish and everything about us is wired for lives of resilience and freedom and joy and deep companionship, for love, for passion. And, and what we experience in the modern world, and again, I'll, I'll talk prior to the pandemic, it's sort of like before and after Pearl Harbor almost. Pre, you know, you pre and post. Yeah, really. So pre-pandemic, you just had the crazy. You, 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 um, so get this. <clears throat> After 9-11, they did some research and discovered that the people who watched what took place in New York, watched the Twin Towers come down, suffered the same PTSD as people who were there. And wow. I, I don't think we're aware of how watching traumatic events, listening to traumatic news, and then anybody who's in like kingdom work, you know, hearing people's brokenness traumatizes the soul. And especially if you don't know how to do things like practice benevolent detachment, like truly be able to let stuff go on a daily basis. This builds up on us. 
And I think what had happened is that we had reached a point where people were under a constant empathy overload and didn't even know it. Like you just, the, um, have you heard of Dunbar, the uh, British anthropologist, Robin Dunbar, and what he did on like the capacity of human beings for relationship? Yeah, I, I have. Keep, keep talking on this. Chase well, this it's, thread. Oh, it's fascinating. Okay. So the famous Dunbar's number, um, he did, he did a ton of research on the size of the cerebral cortex and, and the capacity for human beings for relationship. And then he went back and looked at um, kind of global history, the basic size of villages through most of, of human history. And he discovered that we're wired for a community of about 150 relationships total. Um, I don't mean intimate relationships. You know, that's a much smaller circle, but just people. You kind of live in a world, you know, the heartache, you know, the joys, you know, the the traumas and suffering of about 150 people. And then you take these beautiful human souls that are wired for that and you subject them every day to the trauma of every city in the world i mean it's it's delivered to us right the earthquake in turkey the shootings you know in in florida the fires in australia you know refugee crisis in syria i'm telling you this absolutely traumatizes the soul and you add to that the pace of life that we think is normal I mean, think about it. For thousands of years, the human, the pace of human life was three miles an hour because we walked yep. Yep. three miles an hour. And so it, this is traumatizing. It, this isn't just stress. This, it, this is traumatizing to live at that pace, to be subjected to that much global news, to, to, to carry so many burdens. It is just ravaging the human soul. And that was pre-pandemic. And now, you know, people are absolutely glued to the news when, when they shouldn't be. And, and they're carrying all this stress in their bodies because they can't get out and really exercise and move. And they're not getting human touch. Um, lots of research on our need for daily human touch. And, and it, oh, man, it's, uh, this is a tough time to be a human being, in my opinion. It is. I, I like how you just up the ante. I think burnout is an easy word to say. And it used to be everybody said I'm busy, then everybody said I'm stressed, and now everybody says I'm anxious. And it's kind of like we just understand the dial is getting cranked right now. And we just don't understand. And you didn't even talk about whether they're Facebook friends or you know people we scroll through on Instagram and we see their pain who are close to us and friends and in our reference group, um, we are just not built for this level of taking on, you said empathy fatigue, compassion fatigue. I mean, all the research is out there. What an interesting time to, to be alive. Man, I want to talk about beauty for a second. You said beauty heals the soul. Tell me more how beauty healed your soul in that season. Oh, man, I am so glad you brought this up because this is going to be another quarantine rescue for people. Um, <clears throat> so Psalm 23, he restores my soul and, and notice that the way God does it is through beauty and through nature, right? It's streams and it's meadows that, um, the research shows that people in hospitals recover faster 
they need less pain medication and they're released sooner if they simply have a window that looks out on nature, on something beautiful. Isn't that amazing? Wow. Like it's, and we, that what I love is how intuitive the human race knows this because when people are hurting, we send flowers. Yep. Right. We, we just know to do that. Like you send flowers to the hospital or you send flowers to somebody who's suffered a loss or, or even if you're just trying to cheer, cheer someone up, you know, um, because beauty is so filled with hope and it, beauty comforts beauty, I think, addresses trauma. Beauty reduces the pain of the soul. It, it comforts, it soothes, it eases. And the really cool thing is it's free. <laughs> like it's everywhere. It's available. It's everywhere, folks. Like it's the sunlight coming through your window in the ki- in the kitchen in the morning. It's in the music that you listen to. It's in the the fabric uh, and the textures in your home. It's it's so many places. It's it's the way the shadows play through the leaves in a tree. Like beauty is all around us. I think God saturated the world with beauty because he knew that the broken world would traumatize us. And so he he like put the balm like right there as well. I mean, there's just so much beauty in the world. It's staggering. It's just absolutely everywhere. But most people don't partake of it. Like you don't, we don't stop and say, Father, thank you for this moment of beauty. I receive it into my soul. So that's the piece I'm trying to give is don't don't just look at it and go, well, that's cool. Um, you stop and you let it minister to your soul. Like, oh, I received this moment, this music I'm listening to. Yes, God, like let it in, let it in, let it do its healing work. Well, we've been hearing from a lot of you that you are obviously trying to figure out how to work from home, how to be a homeschool parent at the same time, how to adjust this new reality. Many of you are working from your bedroom, or maybe you're lucky enough to have a home office. So we wanted to bring you the literal experts on this. Uh, The co-founder of Belay, Brian Miles, is with me today on the podcast to share a little bit about not only working from home, but how do we adjust and adapt right now. So Brian, thanks for joining us. Thank you so much for the opportunity to be here. Thank you. So what should organizations be focusing on right now during this crazy season? Yeah, I'd say for the foreseeable future, say now through the end of 2020, they really need to be focused on a few things. One is no longer uh, can we rely on outside funding to grow our organizations, meaning no one's going to give you money from a bank for the foreseeable future. Um, The government, I think, has squeezed blood out of the turnip for the federal stimulus, and that money is about it. So I would encourage organizations, especially to double down on their savings and really look at making sure they're holding back a certain amount of revenue so they can use that money for their um, own purposes of new opportunity. But no longer will organizations be considered, um, you know, a, a place really to get money unless they're of size. And so I definitely, I would say, be your own bank is one thing to really start to do and save inside the organization. And the second thing I would tell folks to do um, around uh, decision-making between now and the end of the year is start playing chess, not checkers. And what I mean by that is a lot of 
leaders right now, they're, they're a bit paralyzed by what's going on and they're making face value decisions. So they're, they're making a decision that impacts today or tomorrow, but they're not looking around the corners for how these decisions impact their business uh, or their organization into say the fall or to the winter. And so you've got to start making decisions that are not connected to the immediate situation, but you need to start making decisions connected to what the next couple, three quarters look like. And I know it's hard. Um, I, I recognize the pain that a lot of organizations are dealing with right now with furloughs or layoffs or, you know, down revenues or, you know, giving receipts. And it's hard to make kind of that long-term decision, but you've got to for the success and for the viability of your organization. Then the final thing I would say is just simply double down on your North Star. Um, a lot of leaders right now, because they're paralyzed, they're not doing a good job to communicate why their organization exists. And now more than ever, employees of organizations or contractors um, that represent organizations, they need to hear from their leaders and they need the leaders to start talking about why we exist as an organization and why we do is, is very important because in a time like this, people's hearts gravitate to areas where they're communicating clear vision. And if you're not communicating clear vision or worse, you're communicating fear, um, it's not going to play well for your organization in the, in the short run or really in the long term too. So I'd say communicate your values, communicate your mission, communicate that North Star as much as possible right now because employees' hearts are really needing a place to gravitate and to move towards. And if you do that right, you'll set your, your organization up for success. That's so helpful. And that's churches, nonprofits, businesses, small, big, uh, doesn't matter. We can all apply those three things. I know that you guys, um, as the literal experts in this field at Belay, we had Trisha on the podcast earlier, and uh, we'll link to that in the show notes as well. But you guys have been great at providing resources for orgs right now. What resources do you guys have that can help folks figure out how the heck do we work from home and do this whole decentralized work thing? Yeah, well, first off, thank you for having Trisha on. She's done a great job as the CEO of our company at Belay. Um, really pleased with how she's led through this. And um, and also, I just appreciate you um, mentioning you know, her and her story too. It's really cool. Um, as far as resources go for Belay, we've done everything in our power to give away as many free resources as possible for folks who find themselves working from home or leading from home right now, and that can be found at our website uh, at belaysolutions.com. And then um, I believe you'll have some stuff in your show notes for the specific links. And then um, the other resource that's out there is my book that I actually wrote in 2017 and launched in early 2018 called Virtual Culture. And it was essentially our playbook for how we created Belay is all virtual. So today we have over 1,100 people on our team at Belay, all working from home. We've never had an office. And uh, we talk about how we built our company's culture without an actual physical office because we believe this one premise that offices don't make culture. So physical space doesn't make a culture. What makes culture happen is actually shared vision. And that's how we built Belay to the size it is, is we're, um, we believe we're here to serve other people. And our organization and, um, has done that year over year. And our playbook is in that book called Virtual Culture. Awesome. Well, Brian, thanks so much for what you guys are doing. And um, yeah, the world is in a little bit of a people right now. Work is not as easy. 
uh, or as simple and it is a little more complex than it was um, even a month ago or two months ago. If, if you'd give people maybe just one tip on working from home, working decentralized, leading a team, being part of a team at a distance from our homes, what would that be? The one tip I would give to whether you're a leader or an employee or part of a team or whatever, and you're working from home right now, is to extend grace to each other. Um, right now, more than ever, our world needs to be all about grace and extending grace to folks. So if there's a dog walking around in the background, if kids are running around and interrupting web calls, just extend grace. It's a weird time for everybody. <laughs> so I would say as leaders, extend grace. As employees, extend grace to your, you know, to your leaders or to your business owners or the people leading organizations. Just extend grace in every way possible right now. More grace. You heard it here. Brian, thanks a bunch for what you guys do. Yeah, thank you. I'm watching, John, right now, the world remember how great it is to take a walk. Like I'm watching my neighbors, I'm watching my friends go, oh yeah, I kind of forgot about walking. Like, yeah. you know, you and I love good mountain bike rides or, you know, getting into the hills, but I'll tell you, I have loved going on walks with my kid, by myself, with my wife. And before I know it, I've just had, you know, free therapy and walked a few miles in the meantime. And I think yeah, this COVID season has helped us see that. Um, you talk about the daily walk. Why is that so helpful? You've got to have a couple things that are your dailies. You get, you know, <clears throat> you don't want to set the bar super high and say, okay, well now I'm going to have like a contemplative life and I'm going to, you know, you can't do that. Um, we all live in a world that's still stuck on go. And, um, but we do have to have a couple things that we know if I miss this, I'm not going to be, I'm not going to be doing well. And, and for me, it's the daily walk. Um, I used to run, but I gave up running, honestly, because it was just more performance. And I didn't need performance. I, I needed rest. I needed peace. I needed benevolent attachment. I needed, I needed a place in my day I could decompress, not just keep going. So I don't run anymore. I walk. And it was a deliberate choice. In fact, this is a funny story. I actually, I bought a fly rod that is, they call it a slow action fly rod. You know, they kept, they kept like every other sports technology, they kept, you know, cranking up the technology in, in fly fishing. And they, they made these really fast rods that you could get these phenomenal casts in, but you, it's fast. Like you're literally moving fast as you're casting. It's, boom, 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 you know, you're like, I came like, here to slow down. Please. Exactly. WTF people like, give me a break. I, so I literally bought, I bought a slower action rod and I stopped running. I'm like, I'm going to walk and I'm going to cast slow. I'm going to do, cause these are, these are places I have the option. You know, I, in my work world, you know, there's a lot of, not a lot of options. You know, there, the world is still going fast, but, um, but I, in these things I can. And so you got to have a couple dailies just back to that thought. What are your dailies? What, what are the things that, you know, I can get to this every day. I can, I can do this. And, and this is going to help me, uh, nourish my soul, care for my soul. And for me, it's, it's the daily walk. Mm, that's good. 
even my neighbors, you were talking about beauty and how many of my neighbors said, man, I was just feeling so cooped up. It just felt so good to get outside, catch a little bit of sun. And isn't it cool when research backs up everything that we know and that God has knit into the fabric of the universe? I mean, it's like, that's brilliant. That's amazing. Well, we've known that. We know that intuitively. Get outside, get away from your desk, move, all the things God built into us. John, what are the lies that are underneath burnout and this frenetic pace we're living at? The lies underneath it are the things that compel you. Um, that more is better, that faster means excellence. Um, those two will kill you, by the way. I'm talking from personal experience. Um, there's a lie that if I slow down, I will be less productive. And and the I- irony is that's not even what the research shows. <laughs> like, like, not only is that not true scripturally, right? Like Jesus says, Doesn't come work. away, get a rest, right? Take my yoke upon you. Um, but but even the pause, if you will just learn to implement the pause in your day, uh, the brain research shows you come back with greater clarity, greater focus. Uh, so, you know, I'm doing a lot of interviews these days around this book, and I made the mistake of stacking a bunch up the other day at five in a row. And that was madness, you know, but that was productivity, quote unquote. And and what I, you know, just to take a break, walk outside, pet the dog, look at the sun or the rain or the evening, like you get to be a human being again is one of my big messages. Like you get to be human again. You don't have to be a piece of technology, people. Even the language we use, you're a machine. Yeah. a good thing? Right. Do I really want to compare myself to a machine that can run all the time? Um, we have so much unlearning to do and it, it's, it really feels John, like you've done some unlearning and then processed it for us in this book. That's a gift. How do you know the father closer post burnout than you did pre burnout? Yeah, this stuff is really simple folks. I, I, I do want to say uh, of all the things you can practice, the things that we're talking about, beauty and detachment, like this is almost immediate gratification stuff. This isn't like vitamins that, you know, you don't notice for a few months that it's helping you. Um, Same thing with God. Like, are you kidding me? He's right there. He's right there. And in my previous experience was I, I would give God my attention in the morning very deliberately. I would make room. It was my first thing. And I loved it. But by about 10 a.m., whatever it was that I had gained from that was gone. I'd already spent it. Um, and and I get to the end of my day and I'm like, where have you been? And, you know, and obviously the question is, where did I go? And so now the, the book comes to a surprising conclusion that what these things will do is this actually heals your soul's union with God. And we haven't made union with God really part of our language uh, in in the modern era. It's it's rich through the scriptures and it's rich through the Christian tradition. But you know, we've talked about having faith or having a relationship or you know, getting time with God. But 
the human soul is actually porous and it's designed for union and to be permeated with God. And, and these practices that the reason I went to go do this was I wanted to heal my union with God. So much to think about in here. John, you said, I had let go of the things that gave me life. I see that all the time. I had a leader come on this podcast and say, I had lost the art of friendship. Mm. Why does busyness snuff out the things that we not only need, but the things that we deeply love? So one of the epiphanies I came to in this is your soul um, is what enables you to experience God. Your soul is what enables you to receive beauty, joy, love, affection, happiness. Your soul, your soul is the vessel. And if your soul is not well, and it and it begins to like dry out like a desert, it just begins to get hardened, it gets wrung out like a towel, then all these other things are still around you. People still love you. God still is here, but you can't receive it. And and so I kept asking God, I need more of you. I need help. I need need your strength. I need your love. And but I didn't make the connection was my my wrung out soul wasn't able to receive it. And so if we will care for our souls, then then we can enjoy friendship again. Then, you know, because I I'm embarrassed to say I was too busy for friendship. Like that's insane. What kind of a human life is that? That's good. So many that's speaking directly to so many leaders. And um man, there's so many directions we could go with this. John, we normally ask, what practices do you have to stay healthy? And you have shared so simply, so practically practices like that you're saying, this isn't even delayed gratification stuff. This will bring you peace and joy and beauty right now. Um, So I thought it would be fun to close with this question. What are you looking forward to post-corona? Well, <clears throat> that's actually a very profound question because it it has led me what has corona revealed in me in you in us i i think this this is a fascinating thing the one consistent factor in this whole pandemic has been uncertainty uh people have grasped for a certainty around the virus itself it hasn't been forthcoming they, they've grasped for medical certainty. It's not been forthcoming. People have grasped for what's the economy going to do? Like, how's, what's the bounce back time? What, you know, what are the factors? We don't really know yet. Uh, uncertainty has been the consistent thing. And I think God's in it. I think he's in the uncertainty because he's using it to expose our false gods. And he's using it to get us to ground our lives back in him. So my addicted self would have said, oh man, I'm looking forward to being back on the river. I'm looking forward to just having my normal life back. Can't wait to eat out again. But all that stuff feels really, frankly, pretty small. Small story. Uh, It's a really small story. Uh, In the big story, what I'm looking forward to is a larger number of people 
who have found a richer life in God. That's beautiful. John, your writings and therapy content, all that you do at Ransomed Heart has been a gift to so many. I sense this is going to be even deeper. I sense this message is so timely. God knew. Um, publishers didn't, you didn't, I didn't, but God knew the timing of all this. And so anyone listening, I want to remind you to grab the One Minute Pause app and just to begin utilizing that. Uh, so helpful. And you you say this, a sane life is actually available. And I love that, John. We say you don't have to lose your soul if you're going to lead for the long haul. And so anyone listening know that it actually is possible. Like these things are available to us. The abundant life is not a unicorn. It is present. And John, thanks for reminding us of that. Thanks for coming on the podcast. Yeah, man. It's been such a joy to talk about it. Thank you. Wow, guys. Such a good one. So much in there. So close to our hearts here at Stay Forth. And, and as he's talking, my heart is just saying, yes, yes, yes. We need this message. Burnout is not the end of the story. It's the beginning of a new chapter. It's the beginning of a new page of God writing something different on your life. If you've burned out like John has, then you know God richer and deeper. You know some things closer to your heart and soul than you did before. So I would highly encourage you to spend some time with this content. Maybe you took some notes during this time. Maybe you need to share this with a friend. Just hit the share button. Maybe you need to have a a discussion with several people around you and say, I am not okay. My life is way too fast. I have so much fear pent up inside my chest during this COVID season. There is so much going on underneath the surface. Or maybe I've been swallowed by the shallows that he talked about, that that I am living shallow and I don't like it. This is the time to move and act. Information alone will not change your life. But when we add action to that, when we take next steps, information can become transformation. Guys, these are the conversations we're all about. Conversations like this are why we launched Right Side Up Leadership Podcast. You don't have to live upside down, burned out, going too fast, being too busy, deformed. You can be formed in the likeness of Christ. You can be living healthy and right side up in this upside down world. Guys, we are going to continue to bring you these real and even raw conversations, but make sure to take the time, spend some time with the Lord, and maybe just go on a slow walk. Thanks for joining us for the podcast.